You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elga. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview uh, actors and writers and directors and agents and managers and producers and filmmakers and uh, people from all over the industry. And we stick them in this little podcast thing here and then stick it out there on the internet for free every week, save freak accidents and uh, vacations and holidays, generally speaking, uh, for free for you. <laughs> I loved that. that I loved the caveats. <laughs> On today's episode, we have our uh, the first part of our interview with uh, actor, producer, filmmaker, and friend, Ace Marrero. Um, Long-time so, friend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So stick around for that. By the way, I love that we have had zero practice saying the hundreds. I know, I know. I was welcome to episode saying, one. One. Are we saying hundred? Are we saying one zero one? Are right. we saying one oh one? Yeah. Are we? Yeah. That was that was fun. <laughs> We're in triple digits. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So uh, a lot has happened, man. Um, <laughs> like what? Should I go first? Should you go first? You have got to go. Are you kidding me? Seriously, a lot of our listeners already know, but I just yeah, love yeah. I, my my favorite part about the whole thing is that it happens like what nine hours after we finished recording. Yeah, and it's got it was the very next day, the hundredth yeah. episode, right? It, it was funny too. I forget who it was. One of our listeners wrote in, and I feel so bad. I'm now blanking on exactly who it was, but they wrote me a message and they said like, I watched the live stream after. The accident happened like a week after it was recorded. I watched the YouTube like archive video. <laughs> he said it was like a horror movie because he kept thinking like, "Don't go biking, don't go biking," because <laughs> I was fine. You know, don't go biking tomorrow, past Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so for listeners who aren't, well, it didn't work. Whoever you are, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so you you suck at time travel. Yeah, control. what the hell, man. So, for listeners who aren't familiar, uh, I, went, I had a bicycle accident. Uh, I clocked my head. Didn't have a problem with the head, but I broke my wrist and my elbow. Uh, elbow is fine. It's just a little... It's the left elbow. It's a little hairline fracture. It's going to be heel on its own. The right wrist uh, was pretty gnarly. Needed surgery. Uh, I'll spare you guys the long story, but uh, lessons learned. Um, slow down. Don't hold grudges. And uh, get health insurance no matter what it takes. Because this has been uh, quite a journey trying to get this kind of thing taken care of. And, I, you know, knock on wood, I think I'm I'm in the clear right now, or at least mostly in the clear. But we'll see, because you never know, like, when you're going to get a bill in the mail for something that you had no idea they even did. Because, you know, you were under anesthesia or something. So, um, yeah, just get health insurance. Just even get the catastrophe health insurance. It's like 60 bucks a month, I think, or something in that ballpark. And just do it. Just do it. Please learn from my mistakes. <laughs> uh, but the good news is I'm fine. I have a bunch of steel in my wrist now. It's it's back in one piece. I can use it. Trevor's of. transformation to Wolverine is about 25% complete. <laughs> they forgot the claws. I'm so mad. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's getting there, but, uh, so I'm, I'm back, I'm back in LA and I'm, I'm functional and I'm alive and I'm very, uh, grateful to be in one piece and, and grateful that this is the worst of it because the way the whole thing went down, I should have probably cracked my head open. Uh, I wasn't wearing a helmet. It's the last time I don't wear a helmet on my bicycle. I could I should have cracked my teeth. I should have had a neck injury. I should have, I mean, there's a million things that should have happened. I should have broken a clavicle, like None of it happened except for the elbow and the wrist, and the elbow is not even a problem. It's the wrist. So you breeze past that so fast. <laughs> this guy was in double casts for how long? Uh, <clears throat> that was about a week that I had casts on both arms. 
He had casts yeah. on both arms. Okay, yeah. And the health insurance thing, like, yes, let's definitely highlight that. Let's also highlight wearing a helmet when you're riding a bike for the love of Pete. Also, the other big learn that that you're that I know you had that you're not mentioning is just the um, being uh, open to receive. Yeah, because when yeah. you were in double cast, like you couldn't do anything for yourself, and everybody had to do stuff for you. And not only did it show you, like, well, I don't know, you talk about it. I just figured, <laughs> like, it was such a big deal to you at the time. I don't know if you remember. It was a few weeks yeah. ago. No, what? Th- thanks for bringing that up. That was another big one. It was just I'm very much the kind of person, or I was up until this accident, the kind of person who's like, I'll do it myself. I got it. I don't need help. Don't worry about me. I am Mr. Fly under the radar, Mr. Uh, you know, low maintenance kind of kind of person, personality wise at least. Um, and you know, when you have both of your arms in a cast, you like I needed people to feed me. I needed people to brush my teeth, wash my face, shower me, wipe my ass, get me dressed. Like it's like I didn't have arms, so I needed a lot of help. Um, and my, you know, I had a lot of amazing friends and, and people, uh, do those things for me. Yes. All of them. Uh, so it was, uh, it was, uh, quite a, quite a breakthrough in, uh, in being cared for really being loved. It was actually a rather emotional experience because I received so much, you know, while I was disabled there. Um, and without question, you know, people that were helping me was like, the most natural thing in the world for them. It was like, they just didn't even think twice about it with a smile. Like everything. It was just really, uh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you for talking about that. I mean, the, one yeah. of the, the, one of the reasons in terms of like creating value for our listeners that I wanted you to speak into that is just the fact that I think, I think there are a lot of actors out there who do the lone wolf thing. You yeah, we've I mean? talked and, about this too. I know, and, and I know show, we've yeah. talked about it on the show, and that's why I wanted you to kind of bring this up. Is like, don't wait for your. Yeah, here's my message to our listeners: don't wait to break both your arms to be open to receive. Yeah, you know, to be open to the support of others, to be open to the fact that you know you're. <clears throat> this is not a solo business. You know, it's part of the reason why we bring so many guests, so many different guests, on the show. And to get various perspectives, it's, it's, it's not, it's not about, you know, one person. It's a, it's, it's a, it's always a collaborative, a collaborative art. So if you're trying to go about it, even in the building of your own career, if you're trying to go about it all by yourself, you're, it's like, you're not, it's like the music doesn't match the lyrics. You're not actually, you're not actually going about your career in the way that we go about the, the craft or the art. So it doesn't make any, it doesn't make much sense. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. I was, I fed Trevor. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, I think all my friends fed me at one point. Because I eat a ton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so was, oh, Trevor's hungry again. You can only ask for favors oh, so many times. Somebody get this guy an arm. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Just one. Yeah. And we, a fork. Yeah. You know, that, that was the cool thing. Like, I really believe there's a lesson in everything. And a lot of people were like, wow, you're so positive about it. But I really think that's the, that's one of the ways that is the most supportive to just go through life. Is it good or bad? Everything that happens happens is feedback or a lesson of some kind. And there's always some like really perfect thing that the universe is trying to communicate to you. And mm-hmm. this one, some of these lessons, there were like, a, I talked about a few of them a minute ago, but they were really perfect. Like there were things that I was struggling, like thinking about every day that I just mm-hmm. wasn't confronting. And, uh, and so you were given the opportunity, just not in the way you thought. Yeah. It felt like the universe was trying to gently communicate with me for months and then finally it was like, fuck this, man. Like, I'm running you boom. into a concrete like, berm. <laughs> like, I'm going to break your wrist. You're going to be okay. You're going to make a full recovery. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to deal with some shit. But, like, this is what it takes to get to you, Trevor. Like, and so, you know, on, on that level, I'm so grateful that this, that this happened. Um, because I don't, I think I'd probably still be avoiding a lot of those things. And a lot of them were relationships, you know, people showed up for me big time when this happened. So anyway, uh, enough about that, man. What's going on with you? You I was going to say before we move on, speaking of gratitude, we have a thank you. Um, Oh my God. Yes. How could we forget? Jamie Hansen donated, uh, wrote in, uh, he was in touch with us, uh, I think about a year ago. And then, uh, he wrote in again recently with a really generous, 
uh, contribution. It just kind of is going to keep us going for a little bit longer. So, Jamie, thank you so very much for, uh, uh, wow, for your very generous support yeah. and, and your kind words and for communicating. We we sent him back just kind of our, our thank you email, but uh, I do want to respond to him also via email for some of the other things he brought up. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, uh, it's coming. But thank you so much for... Keep an eye on your inbox. Yeah, thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah. Uh, so you, what, what you about, got going, what dude? About me? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I I have a lot going on. It's been how many weeks? Wow. Uh, so I my show just opened last night uh, at the Boston Court in Pasadena. I was um, there. That's running. Trev was there. I always loved the script, but I was having a really hard time with my role, and it was like getting to this point of like. I, I was struggling, man. I was struggling to figure it out. And at one point, <clears throat> the director it was so, speaking of perfect lessons, so perfect, the director said, you know what? I think, and he was talking about himself as well. He's like, I think we're not trusting. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I think that you can just be and trust that you are enough, which we've talked about even on the podcast before. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, something really started to open up and I finally got why I was struggling so much. And it was because I was trying to do too much. Hmm. And as soon as Mm -hmm. I let go of all that and just hung out and just stood there or sat there or whatever in stillness and focused on what was going on inside of the character completely shifted everything and it and it really led me to the character that you know i have today and and how he fits into the rest of the story um so it was a really great it was just a fan just an amazing lesson in trust Hmm. especially as an actor just trust that trust and trusting you are enough you know stop acting yeah, or stop trying so hard. Like I was trying yeah, so yeah. hard to like show what he was thinking inside and all this stuff and you know, our director was like, you know, I think people are going to know. Hmm. I think people are going to feel it. And and you, you know, you can do very little and I think the less you do the better it is and it was incredible and it's completely changed the whole thing for me and it's like so and the feedback's been great everybody's like oh my gosh you know one person was like even said to me like you're really easy to read on stage mm-hmm. and i thought wow that's like that's amazing feedback because i feel like there's not a lot that i'm doing i'm mostly just standing there so that's i don't know huge, you just a huge compliment man it's funny you know we i was just thinking when you were talking we one of the comments we got recently was that this podcast is very much also kind of uh, about human potential and self-development and that kind of thing. And I think it's because so much of the ideology that, that, that it goes into acting is also just, it just, it's also the same stuff that goes into living a full rewarding life. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's really obvious, but acting I just realized that. Biography. Yeah. Uh, so you, guy, we got to respond you, to that. That guy who sent us a message about, He's writing his PhD on that exact thing about like how the work work of transformation overlaps with acting. Wait, oh wow! Yeah, he sent he's he's writing his PhD on it, and he wants to talk to us about it. I think we should get in touch with him. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening. Yeah. We, we're sorry we haven't responded. It's been it's been a bit a bit nutty around here. Nutty, nutty. Yeah, and then the other exciting news is I just booked a feature, another feature film. Yes, you did. Um, which is awesome. Uh, met the casting director in that w- workshop that Ben and myself have been doing on the promenade for a while, which is funny because it's like that's the same thing that led me to the audition for Broken Horses. So which which workshop is this? Howie Gold's workshop. I mean, uh-huh. it's like it's a word of mouth only thing. You, you he like vets everybody, and it's it's not that it's hard to get in, but like you have to be a good actor, and everybody is a good actor in the in the room and that's what i love about it that's one of the things i love about it the other reason that i love it ben and i talked about i think when he co-guest co-hosted that one time which is just that he brings in he doesn't just bring in casting directors he brings in writers directors producers the, like the decision makers like showrunners that kind of right. thing and so um but it's this like this night in person version <clears throat> of the podcast <laughs> yes and but we get to read we get to do scenes for them cool um this this time it w- actually was a casting director uh she brought me in and then i got a call back and then i booked it i get to be in a scene with adam brody which is awesome that's so cool and what's really ironic is i went to the read through yesterday 
And I'm reading through it. And I'm like, this sounds so familiar, this storyline. And I went up to the writers afterwards and I was like, hey, where did this idea come from? And they were like, oh, we did this thing. And then there was this festival of one acts. And I was like, oh my God, I was there. So rewind, like they said it was like three years. I think it was a little less than that. I think it was like two. I went to this act, this um, night of one acts. And there was the, I was there. I was saw the freaking inciting piece of work that inspired this film. How ridiculous isn't that crazy yeah like that i was like i i literally had a freak out moment and they were like what i was like yeah i was there i was there i saw the play and i thought it was really good and it was like a 20 minute play that they've now turned into a screenplay it translates to film really well it's gonna be like this like really cute romantic comedy it's actually been through the um the writer's lab and the producer's lab at sundance so there's a very good chance it'll premiere at sundance next year or whatever yeah very very cool stuff um and what a great group of people to be involved with yeah you know? yeah yeah and they're yeah. so nice and 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 um it was funny they actually didn't have somebody there to read for this other role yesterday so i got to read for an even bigger part than the one i was actually cast in at the read through so they got to see me do other stuff which is great and i got like a few laughs not only on my own stuff but on this other character's stuff so it was great. It was really great. And then cool. what was awesome about it is it was yesterday. And like I said, I opened my show yesterday. So like it was, a, it was one of those actor days that you just dream of, right? Mm-hmm. Like I left my house and went to a read through, sat next to Adam Brody, and like read through the script. Then I left there and went to my opening night of my play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my best friend was in the audience and then we partied afterwards. And you had a couple other good things. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about them, but we, we visited uh, IAP alum Chuck Sloan's office. Oh um, yeah, my taxes. A PHAT and an FAT return this yes, year. Yes, I did. I was very diligent, and I also put zero, um, uh, zero uh, exemptions on everything this year. On um, all your W twos and on yeah, because I knew I was going to be getting a lot of 1099 stuff this year. So I was trying to set myself up to win, and it worked because they took a lot of money from me on the feature. And it was really funny because my manager sent me multiple emails saying like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Have you talked to your tax person? Like, it seems like they were taking a lot of money. And I was like, trust me, I can learn to live without it. And if I get a fat return at the end of the year, it will be my reward. And I, I did, I got, I got, I get the biggest return I've ever gotten in my life by far. I think, right. It's literally not kidding. Five times bigger than the biggest one I've ever gotten. Wow. Yeah, five times. Nicely done. So, yeah, I was like super ecstatic. And um, I'm mostly thinking about just putting it into savings, honestly. Or you investing know, so. it or. or um, well, I, mean, I, 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 yeah, there was this whole to do. Gosh, so much has happened. <laughs> Our poor listeners, they're like, I can't follow you. Clo- I had a 401k with Apple and it was just sitting there and I didn't realize that I was paying to have it open because I, w- I wasn't an employee with them anymore. So once I got underneath that, I tra- I got it um, tra- uh, transferred rolled it to, to, I rolled it over into an IRA mm-hmm. with um, Charles Schwab. I did some math and I realized that the taxes that I would pay and the early penalty with 10% early distribution penalty that I would pay on it is less than the APR I was paying on my credit cards. So I emptied it and paid off all of my credit card debt. And what I'm doing, and you have 60 days. If anybody has any questions about this, email the podcast. Cause I, I learned a lot in these last four weeks and I was on the phone for multiple hour long conversations with people at Charles Schwab and, and stuff like that. But you have 60 days to put as much of it back, if not all of it back in. And if you do that, you don't pay the, pe- you don't pay the penalty on whatever you put back in. So if you put mm-hmm. some or all of it, you don't pay the 10% penalty and you also don't pay taxes on it within that 60 day window. Wow. What a cool little like <clears throat> emergency fund loophole. Yeah. And you can do it once a year, yeah. once every rolling 12 months. So it's kind of cool. The only thing is, is like the reason that people usually advise against it is because people don't like, how would you possibly, you know, people don't usually put that money back. Um, and that's, that's why people most, if you do research, most people advise against it. And so I didn't, for the longest time, I was like, I'm not going to do this because so many people were advising against it. And, um, I took a, I took a little chance and and I I think it's paying off. I really do. Yeah. Well, it didn't, it sounds like the numbers show it. Like the math shows that you're going to be paying less. Yeah, in, well, in, in interest, but if you can replenish it, right? Which um, now with that, like I said, with that return yeah. and with you know what I'm, you know, 
I'm doing literally whatever it takes to make money right now, like uh, TaskRabbit stuff. I'm, I applied to work for uh-huh. Lyft, L-Y-F-T, right. um, uh, you know, like just doing odds and ends jobs and also looking for a more, you know, stable thing. And that's all in addition to my consulting business, which I've already been doing. So, yeah, so this is all going to support me and not only paying my bills, but putting money back into the IRA. Right, so right. yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy last couple of months. Like I feel like, especially this last month has been all about just handling breakdown in my life and, and shifting the conversation everywhere that I see that there's breakdown. Mm-hmm. If I see that there's an issue. It's like, I get to be an adult and be responsible about that and, and, and handle it. So like I'm handling my finances. I really feel like I hit the reset button on my finances. And, and, and I feel like that was one of the areas that was in breakdown in my life. And, you know, my physical fitness thing, like staying committed to that has been, you know, off and on. And so I, you know, I get to handle that, but it just feels good to kind of go through, like, I don't want to say systematically, like I'm a human being, but it is, it's like looking at all the domains in your life and saying like, how can I handle this? How can I handle this? How can I handle this? Yeah. Well, I'm really excited (laughs) to learn from you and Ben and a bunch of other people that because we've, we've now, we're all for the first time together in a, an official mastermind group. Oh Um, yeah. yeah, And I'm really excited for the next 90 days or so, because that's the kind of time frame we're looking at for, uh, the next kind of round of goals and support and, and, uh, accomplishments. And I'm really excited to be in it with, with just some amazing people like you that I, that I look up to. And I'm just like, I'm stoked to like, just put our heads together and make some serious, awesome shit happen. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, so on that note, I know we're on a tight schedule, so let's roll into Ace's interview. Yeah. Um, this is part one. There may be two parts more. There may be one part more, but this is part one of, uh, of our chat with Ace. It's really great stuff. Um, so enjoy this guys and we'll, we'll catch you on the other side here. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Trev and uh, I'm super stoked to be sitting here with uh, Ace Marrero. I was trying to roll my... That was a disaster. I was sitting here with Ace Marrero, who's an actor, producer, um, and uh, all around great guy. And I've known Ace for a couple of years um, and I'm so stoked to have him on the show uh, for a lot of reasons that you guys will find out very shortly. So Ace, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for, for rolling those R's. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I tried. I tried. It's better than what I, I'd sound like. Trust me, if I did it. Uh, so, so just... Quick, quick background for people listening. Um, I actually met you, Ace, back in the day when we both worked at Apple yeah. in Santa Monica. So we actually ended up crossing paths at the store working retail mm-hmm. for the, the big fruit company. And then uh, and then I eventually left and then you were there for a while and then you left and, and we've crossed paths here and there because you yeah. live around the corner. <laughs> literally, me. literally and, crossed yeah, paths. <laughs> literally, we just ran into each other. And I was on Facebook uh, and I saw that you had this awesome looking film coming out that you were starred in and produced and it just blew me away the trailer was awesome then i was like you know what i see ace booking all the time i see him doing these films i was like we gotta get him on the show so i appreciate it um so before we get into all the stuff that's happening now Mm -hmm. we usually like to start at the at the very beginning of of the whole journey and just kind of get a feel for what it's been like for you because i know you said you've been out here about six years as of yesterday yeah so where where did you start um, where, where did I start? Yeah. So I moved out, uh, about a year and a half after I, uh, I graduated from college, you know, and, uh, I was, I'm from New Jersey originally. So I went back home. That's right. I, that's right. I'm yeah. from Philly. That's what, that was yep. like the Jersey that, that little that's East right. coast connection. There it is. And, uh, yeah, I was working in New York city for, you know, for almost two years. And then I moved out here and I, thankfully the one sort of thing that I had set up for me was just, uh, an acting class. Like I, uh, there was an acting coach, uh, named Tom Todoroff who was out here, but he was giving, um, he was doing monthly workshops in, in New York and I attended his first one. You know, I, I, I found him on Craigslist and I thought like, you know, I checked out his site and I really dug what he had to say. And, and, you know, coming fresh, literally out of, out of a theater program, you know, like, 
I, I just identify with a lot of what he said and sort of paralleled it to what the training was that I've been receiving, you know, cause some people are just so different from what you you know, you, you've already experienced. So my girlfriend was like, Hey, we should check this out. We both graduated from the same school. And I was like, well, you know, let's, let's both do this. And it ended up where I started producing essentially with my girlfriend, his monthly workshops. Cause he, tr- he did the first one that we tried and then uh, he was like, I really want to do this more ongoing. So he did, I think he did every other month. And then eventually it was every month. And uh, we came on board and basically ran the class, you know, like found wow. found the students, put up ads, like sort of all these, you know, um, I guess responsibilities that then later helped me a lot when, you know, when working just more professionally on my acting stuff and then also producing. Yeah. So I had been studying with him for about three years. Well, two years, you know, I guess a year and a half in New York. And then when I moved out here, another year and a half, almost two. So that was really the only thing I had. I I was in class, you know, and then I, in, you know, just sort of by way of of being involved with that, met a bunch of other people who, you know, who were actors and and other filmmakers. Um, And then, you know, got a job working at a restaurant and then, I remember it's funny just talking about Apple. I just, I think I just got my first MacBook, and it was sort of a, a congratulations gift to like you know because I was moving to to LA. My aunt you know bought me a a, a MacBook, you know white MacBook, and uh, I was learning how to use it. So I was showing up to the Apple store, and I think that's essentially how I first met you. Um, just the free workshops and the free classes that, mm-hmm. you know, Apple used to yeah. offer. And then Albert, of course, offering, you know, his classes and stuff and, and just seeing you guys talk. I was like, man, this is awesome. And I think one day I was sitting there and I think Albert was doing his digital workshop. Uh, I forget that the, the exact- digital actor workshop. Yeah. 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 He was doing that. And I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I was a sponge. I was like, oh my goodness, this is everything I needed. This is why I bought my Mac. You know, I wanted to have it. And, you know, you just opened my eyes to all the things that you could do as an actor just through through that very system, you know? And I just really embraced that, you know, really embraced that. And that's kind of what led me to wanting the job there because I was like, well, I learned this stuff in, you know, in an hour or two hours, whatever it was. I was like, I know I can do a lot more and I want to learn how to build my own websites. I want to learn how to cut my own demo reels. I want to do all these things. So I don't essentially have to pay somebody to right. do it, you know, yeah. and, and it's at our fingertips essentially. Right. And, and I, and I'm just, you know, grew up with, the, you know, in the digital era and with computers. So I'm, I'm very tech savvy as it was. And I already was doing that stuff. So I was like, well, let me try to, you know, get a job. And, and it was literally just so I could learn how to, how to market myself and use the tools nice. that the computer pro- provided, you know? And, and of course stuff I learned from like you guys, you know, and, and, and I know you were, you know, you were with, with, with the theater company and you guys had, you know, your, your own group. So it was sort of an inspiring thing. And, and then, you know, before you know it, um, it's funny in college, I, I, you know, I went to a theater program and, you know, my degrees in theater, my BFA. Wait, where did you go to school? Did you mention that? Not- <clears throat> no, um, uh, Stevens college. It's a private, cool. actually funny. Oh, I always say it, but it's a private women's college in Columbia, Missouri. And, uh, it's one of like, you know, a really top theater program in the country, but very like, I mean, sort of flies under the radar, you know, not a lot of people know about it, but it's been around for like 30, 40 years. And, they audition, you know, every year across the country, and I was their guy for the year. I got in, you know. There's only one guy for the program. Uh, well, I my year, I came in and I transferred in because I was already at a community college. Get, you know, I got all my gen ed, so I transferred in and only had to do two years. And then they had one guy who came in as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, two guys or whatever okay. it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so we're, I'm sorry. Was it two guys like on a? Because I'm imagining in my head two guys on a f- campus full of like young new bio women. <laughs> yeah, it sounds you know, like, like a movie I should write. Right? We should we should both star in. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 the school's not huge itself. I mean, now it's uh, it's definitely much bigger. It's grown, but um, at the time, I want to say maybe there was like 900 people. It was a really oh, small wow. college, but it was great. Like I, my whole. I want to say my whole schooling was sort of, um, I was always in a small school, you know, like I, I went to a vocational school in high school. I didn't go to my traditional high school cause I, uh, you know, my parents thought it would be good for me to have a trade coming out of college cause I was actually, or Very coming cool. out of high school cause I was Very actually cool. the first to, I think, graduate, you know, college for my family. So, you know, we were workers and we were like, well, you know, you, I ended up being an electrician after that. So that's what, what the goal was. But so this school was sort of great. I mean, I, I was like, well, yeah, obviously that's not going to be a bad perk to go to an all woman school. And then, you know, as one of the few guys, you're there, essentially it was full time. And I mean, in two years, it was literally full time because we owned a summer stock theater and um, in Iowa. So it was all year round. We didn't have wow. off. Yeah. Wow. So um, that it, it's actually a three year program. And that's why, because it's full year, uh, full year round. But uh, 
so yeah, I, I was one of a few guys, you know, and, and as the guys, you were there to build sets, which I had a good background in, not necessarily building sets, but a technical background because I was an electrician. I went to a trade school and, you know, had that experience already. And that sort of helped me sort of navigate into, you know, you know, I, I sort of approached it from a backstage point of view and then, and then, you know, eventually ended up on stage, but we build sets. If you weren't in the show, even if you were in the show, you were, you were in, in, in the shop building when you weren't rehearsing and then otherwise you were rehearsing. And, and, and then, you know, of course, during the summer, our summer stock theater, we did 13 shows in nine weeks. So, I mean, it was just nonstop, man. It was like boot camp for two years in a row, you know? And, uh, so yeah, so that was my, my, my schooling. And then when I moved out here, um, got the job at Apple and even though we did musicals in school, I, I was in them, but as you know, small, really like course, small parts, you know, um, I wasn't really the musical theater actor, but I loved it. And I loved, you know, I loved singing. I, I could carry a tune and stuff, but I just never really, you know, when you're in school, you're learning everything. And it mm-hmm. was also like, for me, I was nervous to sing. And, you know, I, I was, I really wasn't into my, in my skin for, as a singer, <laughs> which is ironic given one of your first gigs out here. <laughs> well, that's, that's the irony that I was sort of yeah. getting to. Yeah. It's like, I, I saw a show was auditioning La Cage out here at the Knightsbridge theater. And I'd seen the show on Broadway twice, actually. And I really loved the, you know, it was a fun show. And there was a part that I was like, man, I really would love to do it. And I think I can do it. I think musically I can handle it. And I was, you know, was the, the son of uh, in the show, and I just auditioned and I got the part. So I was working on that for like two months, you know, in a musical. And it's like how ironic. Here I am, didn't do musicals really in, mm-hmm. in college, and now I'm, you know, a lead in one. And then at that time, Disney was auditioning for Aladdin, and that's that's the you know the sort of job that you sort of allude to is uh um they were you know they have the the, the famous Aladdin musical at California Adventure and. Uh, you know, it's been my favorite Disney cartoon since I was a kid. Yeah, part, def- definitely one of the best ones. Yeah, and a part that I was, I was just like, man, it would be a dream for me to do. You know, up play Aladdin someplace, and uh, I, I was like, you know what? If there's any time, it's now. You know, because I'm warmed up. I've been, you know, participating in musical stuff for for the last two months. I auditioned and I got it. You know, like it was me and one other guy from New York from their cross country audition, and I ended up. I mean you know, having a great job of performing in that show for three years, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was why I left Apple. You know, I got that job and I was like, you know, I can pay my bills with just doing this Disney gig. And, and, and I, it was becoming too much to try to fit it all in. And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, at that time, Apple was get you know, I was getting to a point where I realized that I was putting Apple before everything because I was too nervous about getting points and getting fired and all this stuff, you know, yeah, and yeah. then that landed in my lap and I'm like, you know what? I could definitely use the extra hours, but I realized that like, yeah, I mean, there were times I was turning down auditions and stuff because I was like, oh, I can't get I don't want to piss off the managers. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and nobody can cover for me. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I realized, I was like, I didn't move out here for that, you know? And yeah. I was like, I, I didn't want to be, you know, and, and nothing against anybody that, that sort of continued in that, but I was like, I, I can't, you know? And, 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 and my girlfriend actually mentioned that and she was like, well, you got to do what, you know, you moved here for, you didn't do, you know, like, don't be afraid of that. And that was, it really just hit. And I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? And even since, like, I've never taken on anything else that I'm like, if it's going to get in the way, I can't, you know, I like, I, I don't want that to be the priority. And, 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 you know, I learned tons and I met tons of people at Apple, but you know, it was getting to that point where I was, I was nervous about, you know, I was literally nervous to get a phone call from my agent that was going to be on a day that I had work. Cause then I had to try to get out of it you yeah, know yeah so yeah i mean i, I ever since I, I booked disney i i, I never that was apple was the last um sort of uh i guess i, I don't know what do you what do you call it the straight or real time real i don't know i i, I forget the, the phrase you know straight, straight, job, straight or, job that i had yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i've been really lucky since then and so ever since then you've been able to sustain yourself uh doing Acting gigs and producing gigs. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Between the, the acting stuff. I mean, Disney was three years. Literally, I performed Saturdays and Sundays, uh, and that was it, you know? And, and of course, you know, so we had a whole week off? Whole week off. It was a, it was literally, Trevor, a dream job. I mean, it was. That's why I was like, I, I mean, it was, it was a dream job in every sense of the word for me because it was, since I was a kid, I wanted to play Aladdin. It was a musical. I performed for 8,000 people a day, you know, the star <laughs> of the show, um, you know, and then, uh, just from a financial standpoint, like it wasn't, you know, glorious money, but you know, I was still scraping by, but it let it get, put me in a position where I can just perform Saturdays on, and Sundays and then audition and, and film and do stuff on the, during the week. Right. Yeah. And also it was, um, completely flexible. So 
there were other Aladdins too. It wasn't just me. So if I booked a gig, which, you know, came up all the time, I would either switch with somebody or give somebody my shift. And then right. I, I would go do the gig. So it was literally a dream job. So I, 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 and I never got jaded by it. I never got old. So I was like, I will do this show as long as I can. I mean, it's a dream. I, I get to perform and do theater and, and sing and dance and have fun and entertain people and get paid and, yeah, you know, and get for, to do everything. For a company named, a little company named Disney that nobody's ever heard exactly. of. Exactly. You know? and, and that was yeah. a funny thing. It was like, you know, we know through Apple, like Apple modeled a lot of their stuff from, the Disney, you know, model. And, and I felt like I was in, I was like, man, I'm really such a great place. Like I was working for Apple and now Disney, like two huge corporations, two great companies. And like, just sort of just, you know, you think of those two and you just think of like a sort of a, 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 I don't know, like a beauty, like obviously everything's really clean with Apple and and Disney, you know, there's the magic, you know what I mean? Like everybody just loves the, the idea. And I'm like, you know, there's not really many negative things that you, you can think of when you think of those two companies. And I felt really, really happy to be a, a part of those things for sure. Yeah. It's, it's been very cool to, like I said, like I said earlier, before we started recording to kind of watch your career from afar, just kind of through Facebook Thank posts you. and Twitter posts and kind right. of see how it evolved. Um, so you, you, you came out here, you had Tom's class and I've heard mm-hmm. great things about Tom's class. I don't oh, cool. he, does he teach anymore? No, you know, he ended up oddly enough moving back. He's from Buffalo, New York originally, okay. but he ended up moving back to New York. You know, he was out there for years and loved it. And then I think he just, you know, he really, he loved New York and being out there and he went and, uh, they've just now opened like a conservatory program, which stuff oh, cool. we talked cool. about when we were working together, but we just never, you know, we, we never developed together. So I'm really happy that, that he's been able to, to get that cool. off the ground. And yeah, he was great. I mean, I, I just got to a point for me, it was like, you know, I, I felt like I needed to get out there and start doing it. And it was around the same time with working at Apple too. Like I was in Apple and in class and I'm like, I'm not practicing it. I'm not putting it to practice, you know, and, and I'm an athlete, I'm a former athlete. And I, I'm like, you can, you know, practice and practice and practice in the gym, but it doesn't matter till you get on the field or till you get on the court or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the other side of it. And, and I was watching all these people doing stuff and bringing in sides that they'd get the night before and have to audition for the next day. And I'm like, I want that, you know, that's what I want. I don't want to be working on a script for a week to put up. I want to get the audition the night before that I have to bring in the class. You know what I mean? And that's just where I was. And, and so it was sort of a big moment in my life where I just really needed to step out and do different things. And the minute I stopped taking class was the minute everything started to hit, you know? Wow. So and, yeah, yeah so let's, let's talk about that. So, sure. so you, you left the, you left the class cause you were ready to kind of start playing rather than just right. practicing. I totally get that. I think there's a, a mistake that a lot of actors make is they kind of become professional students. Right. Right. And they just kind of live within the safety of a class that they get comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with class, but it's no, like no, there's that, that turning point. Sure. So you, you stepped out and mm-hmm. you said everything kind of started to fall in place. So what was that? What was that like? What, you, what you, happened? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, like you're you're 100 right. And we you know we all know friends and 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 I've done it too. Where you know people like to be in a class. I mean, and I think it's important. And and I'll always even just you know going back, I've always identified with and I and I I said this and I still think so. I will always be a student in this. Like I don't ever think that mm-hmm. I'm ever going to be you know anything but that. Like we're always learning, you know. Yeah. And I'm a student of life, so I'm definitely going to be a student of, of my career. You know what I mean? And uh, so there's always going to be something to grow from. And I mean, that's just my simplest thing. I always want whatever I do right now to be the best thing I've ever done. That's literally how I, I, I look at it, you know, and whether that is, that's not up to me to decide, but like if I died today, I want that to be like, well, that was the best thing he did. Not like three years ago, this one project was really great. And if it's the next project that I do that, you know, like that's, that's my goal. So in that, I feel like I'm always going to be growing, but um, yeah, going back to class, it was just, like I said, there were a couple people who, who were just always bringing in work and stuff that they were either going to shoot or they were auditioning for. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I knew that from like a talent standpoint, I, I, I was, you know, I mean, I was performing with these people every day and working with them and seeing them perform. And I knew I was at their level. I just wasn't at their level in terms of what I had available to me in terms of auditions and, right. and, and credits, right. let's say, but I knew I could compete. It's like, it's like, you know, playing sports and I'll use that an analogy again, but like, you know, you can sit there on the sidelines and watch people play a basketball game before you get in. You're like, okay, I know I can hang with these people. You know what I mean? So I, I it was like that for me. And I was like, okay, I need to be out there doing this. It's, it's been, you know, I feel like I've learned what I've got to learn at least to, to start to put it to practice and then mm-hmm. learn from that. And I think it was just, 
I, I stopped taking class. I mean, I didn't just like, it wasn't like I just stopped and then tomorrow I booked the gig, but it was like, I, I, and it was funny because my class, I felt started to suffer like my work in class. Wow. Because sort of this stagnate a little bit. Well, or no, or? and I think it was just, you know, at the time in, in me, I was sorting, I was sort of, you know, something's got to give, like I was already moving on but I hadn't moved on from class. I was, I just wasn't putting in all my all in class, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I was, I was focusing on other stuff and I was starting an audition and stuff. And, and, you know, and I know like maybe it wasn't, you know, I, I don't know for sure. It wasn't a conversation I had, but like, I'm sure like, let's say maybe Tom was like, well, no, you should be doing bigger stuff. Don't audition for student films. But I was like, I needed to do that. You know, I needed this, I needed something, you know? Right. And, uh, so, you know, I just start, my priority was, focus it was changing from class to like just you know being out there even if it was a student film so if i had to rehearse a scene for class and or uh, a, a scene to audition for a student film i was putting my focus into the student film so by the time i got to class to perform i was like you know it wasn't as great as other scenes right right gotcha. so you know yeah. it, it was just sort of a gradual process and then it got to the point where i was like oh i can't make class because i'm actually going to be filming this thing and then there was just more of those types of things and then i was like then it got to a point where i'm like okay well i'm not making as much money and I'm not getting paid for some of these free gigs that I'm shooting, you know, because I'm a beginner. So I can't afford a class and, you know what I mean? And yeah, both. So yeah. I just started to sort of phase myself out. And it was just sort of a gradual process. You know, it wasn't like a night and day thing. But, yeah, it, it just kind of happened. And then when I had that time available, I just started doing things. And then Aladdin hit. And then that changed everything because I had a, a full-time job doing that. Yeah. And then and – then, Around that time, um, I just started to audition more, and and I thankfully by the time that had hit, I had amassed enough on you know on like student films and indie projects and little you know lower paying gigs to have a reel, and you know it just the, the natural mm-hmm. things fall into place where I then got an agent, and then they were submitting me on stuff, and then I was auditioning for bigger things, and then I booked a television show, and I booked General Hospital, and then I, you know I'm just these things started to happen. So, and then I never went back to class because. I'd just been busy doing stuff. I, right, I'd pop into right. class and there were a couple of classes that I audited to check out because I knew I needed to get back because I definitely felt out of practice sometimes, you know, like I, I remember after doing Madison County, you know, I had been working on it for two or three months in pre-production as a producer. And then by the time filming it for a month, you know, I felt really out of practice because I was like, well, I'm not in a class and I'm not auditioning as much because I'm prepping my own film. So, you know, I, 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 you know, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's change it, you know, and I started auditioning again for student projects and, and all the other smaller quote unquote things, because to me, I don't feel, you know, I, I feel an audition is an audition and it's practice, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I still audition for, for those things now. And, and I will always, especially because it's like, it's almost like free class, you know, like, yeah. first of all, you never know who you're going to meet. I, I wouldn't have done Madison or roadside if it wasn't for doing a student film I did with the director really? years ago, which is a cool story in its own, but you know, you never know, right. We're all come, you know, coming up the ladder. So there, you know, it's good to meet those people, but, uh, but even on a, on a simple sense, it's like if I can go in and just audition and, and, and work that room and it may not be the exact type of environment as, as you know, Law and Order, you know, New York or whatever they are, you know, it, it's it's still an audition and it's still nerves and it's still you having to relay a story based off of a script. And sometimes they're different because the people casting them really are not sort of you know, too aware of what's going on or they kind of do the things that we've, uh, I'm sure all experienced where you're like, okay, like professionals wouldn't do that type of a thing. You know, casting professionals wouldn't do that, but, but it's all valuable lesson because I, I mean, I've been in situations even in, in, in top companies in the city where I'm like, really, did that just happen in this office? You know what I mean? Like there's always stuff we have to be on our toes as actors because, you know, different things happen, you know? So we, I think, I think there's always, I don't think there's, uh, any sort of negative experience or, 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 you know, I think everything is great and, and, and relevant to what we do. Right. Right. So the, the real lesson there is just do as much as possible. Cause you never know who you're going to meet. You never who you know you're going to connect with absolutely or what it could lead to down the line. So, so, um, I have two big kind of burning questions sure. that I want to ask you about. <clears throat> and the first one is, um, well, let's start with the production stuff first. Okay. Um, because you said you met this, this person on this film set and then yeah. it led to these production gigs. So you actually produced, or co-produced at least Madison County. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had a great role in that. 
and that and was you. released on DVD, and then right. and, and I actually haven't seen either Madison County or Roadside. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to them. And then yeah, and absolutely. then Roadside you produced, and then you also had a starring role in it, and they're mm-hmm. both kind of in the horror genre. Yeah, Ma- Madison County definitely is 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 a horror film. Roadside's more of a, a suspense thriller. Like mm-hmm. you know, we still market it on some of those sites because those fans will still appreciate it, but it's much more of a different film, and you know, like much more of a I hate to use the the, the phrase mainstream, but like in terms of an audience, you know, it, it'll appeal to more people. You right. Know? It's right. more of a drama, basically. But yeah. yeah. So so so, how did this come about? And then and then where? Do you, I'm so curious as to how it came about, and then where, how how what the production process was like for you? Because mm-hmm. these are feature films with they have a budget, they right. look great. Thank you. They've got a very clearly established audience. I mean, they're 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 products that are successfully on the market, right? And you were the driving force behind that. So tell me a little bit about what that that journey was like, not only in, you know, like a blow by blow, but also internally for you. Sure. To, yeah. To kind of jump into the unknown and just say, oh, screw it. Here we go. I'm going to figure it out as I go along. I, I, absolutely. You know, I, I was talking about this, uh, recently, in fact, and, and, you know, just talking about being out here for six years now. And it's like, you know, in terms of goals, right? Like we have all these goals of things we want to accomplish. And, 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 and I'm kind of a hard person to, to sort of lay those things down. Like somebody say, Oh, what's your three year goal, five year goal, 10 year, you know, like, I don't know. Cause sometimes I feel held back by like, okay, let's say I said 10 films I want to book in three years and I book seven films is like, is that a negative thing now? You know what I mean? Like, and then now, now we feel like we didn't accomplish what we set out to, you know? So I always think that the smallest achievement is an accomplishment, you know, and people should celebrate that and, and, and really embrace that. But, um, but you know, as an overall goal, I always wanted to produce, you know, and I had unofficially been producing little things here and there. Like I think I mentioned, you know, the, the class that I'd been involved with and just my skill set and just sort of my pursuit of, my own business. I mean, like I said, you know, learning from you guys at Apple, you know, um, with, with Albert's class, like all of that stuff was helpful to me. And essentially, like I look at that as a, 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 a way and, and, and a learning process of how I could produce my own corporation ace you know what i mean like my career you know what i mean yeah, like, Ace Inc. Yeah. absolutely we all are producing our own things and i mean you know what i mean like i think i don't think you need the producing title to sort of really embrace that like we're all doing that in different ways so yeah. um the producing feature films was always a, a long-term goal of mine and it just sort of fell in my lap so much sooner much sooner than i i had ever thought i, I would sort of you know work on that but um like I mentioned, I was just auditioning for everything, you know, and, and it got to a point where I was auditioning for everything because I thought I needed the experience, which I think, you know, is valuable. And, 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 and still I'm auditioning for those same types of things, like I mentioned, but, um, you know, we need real footage or, or, you know, credits on the resume or whatever it is, you know, there, there are the basic staples that we just need, you know, but then, um, it got to a point where I had a lot of just, I guess, shitty experiences like doing some of these, you know, and I hate to use student film or indie films or whatever, low budget, no pay, because I honestly have done more than I'm more good than bad of those, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. it, it really is, you know? And, and, yeah. and so I don't want to put that down, but you know, we've all had our experiences, right. Working on, you know, and, and that doesn't sure. even necessarily mean anything about pay. Cause I've for sure, worked on tons of stuff that I've got paid for that it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simply put, absolutely. I've been there too. You know yeah, what I mean? So that, there, yeah. that doesn't mean anything because, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, sometimes I think, I think, you know, limitations breeds creativity and, that, and that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a, a, a thing that also applies to financial, you know, financial uh, limitations. But, um, so I'd love the creative process that comes from students or, or people that don't have as much to work with. Yeah. Um, well, I was auditioning and then, uh, I saw this part in this film called Clown Town, you know, come out on, it was Actors Access, I want to say. And, um, and the part name, the, the character's name was Ace. And I was like, oh, well, of course I have to audition for <laughs> I'm this I'm a shoo-in, man. <laughs> yeah. And literally, Trevor, <laughs> I, I submitted, you know, and I wrote a little, you know, silly note and it was like, hey, man, I'd love to audition for this. Uh, I think it was written for me, you know, or something silly like that. <laughs> and I was like, well, if that doesn't get his attention, you know, at least a laugh out of him, then, he, then I'm not going to get, you know, then nothing will. So thankfully it caught his eye. He brought me in and I was the last person to audition for it. I remember because I was running late and it was in Hollywood, it was at the, uh, it was at LA film school, which is, if you're familiar with the area, it's like, uh, it's right across from Amoeba or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare to park in that place, you know, and I'm running late on a Sunday. I'll never forget it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm looking for parking, looking for parking for like 20 minutes and I'm already late. And I'm like, I'm never going to find parking. I should just leave. I, 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 you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like they're probably, they're not even probably in the room anymore, you know, cause I knew I was going to be one of the last of the day. Well, I just stuck it out and I, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. 
I was like, I'll just pull into the park and pay 15 bucks. Hopefully the audition will be fast and not, maybe I'll only have to pay five or whatever it was. So I did that. I ran up, ran up to the scene, ran up to the, you know, ran up the stairs and I saw them packing up and it was Eric. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, is it too late? And they're like, no, 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 no we'll see you. And it was literally, I had that, you know, nanosecond to, to make this decision. And, and I think it, I'm glad I did because it, it made the difference, but he was like, you ready to go now? And I was huffing and puffing. I was worked up. I was not in that mindset. And I was literally like, I don't want to be an inconvenience further. I'm already late, you know? But I was like, I got to do this. Like, I need the time. I was like, no. I was like, can you give me a second? And he was like, yeah, 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 no problem. And it wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. But I literally could have just went in there and been a, a fool, you know? And like, because I wasn't in the right headspace. And and that lesson to me, it's a simple thing, but it's, I think it, it taught me a lot because we hear that all the time. And, you know, you, you know, you interview casting directors and stuff, but like, it's okay to ask for time. I mean, you know, pilot season is a little different because it's so crazy for them and they're working so quickly, but even still I've asked for time and and I'm pilot auditions and and they want you to do well. So they're going to give you the time to do it. I mean, they're not going to give you 20 minutes in the room, you know, like take a second and they understand nerves. Just, I'm a little nervous. Can I just, can I just have a second and just kind of quickly, you know, look over this real fast? Yeah, sure. Go for it. They're setting up the camera, setting up the shot while you're framing and and you would have just been standing there anyway, you know? So anyway, I took that moment and, and I didn't really process it until later when I've heard that story and I, and I could relate it to that. But, um, I did the the audition and, you know, I guess it went great. And he ended up calling me and offered me the part. And I remember he, we, he and I always joke, you know, Eric's, you know, become one of my best friends out here. But, um, he sent me the script and there were, I noticed some typos in the script, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm no grammar aficionado <laughs> like, like Jen over here, but I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I saw, I noticed that and I was like, I had come from just doing a couple of these bad experience, you know, mm-hmm. like student films. And I was like, okay, all right. I, if this guy can't hit a spell check button, what's it going to be like on set? You know? Right, and, right. and we know like, you know, when you're doing a student film, a four page script could take six days to shoot when it's, you yeah, know, on a yeah. bigger set, it's going to take a day or, you know, if that, yeah, not even. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to commit this time to this. And this, I, it was, I was really, you know, racking my brain about that. And then I had booked a couple of other little things that I was also really excited about. And it got to a point where I was like, Oh shit, I'm not gonna be able to do this. Cause they're all at the same time. And I was like, well, what's, what's the thing I can lose? And I was clown town. Cause I was like, well, it's these typos. I don't know how this is going to be, you know? And so I, I called up Eric and I was, and I told him, I was like, look, you know, I'm going to have to back out because I have uh, a couple of other things. I'm just not gonna be able to swing them all. And he was just adamant about having me. He was like, no, 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 dude, we'll shoot you in a half a day. I don't care. You know, just, I want to have you do it. And that worked that like, you know, in terms of it fitting into the schedule. And I was like, okay, well, if we could do that, then I'll totally jump on board. And obviously, like, I'm so glad I did. I, I showed up. He was shooting on film. It was his student thesis. He was shooting on film. First time I'd ever been on camera on film. And the last time, actually, I had been on film. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Ace Marrero, Notorious Ace, Notorious, yeah, on Twitter. Uh, more to come uh, from that, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed part one. And thank you, Ace, for uh, sitting down with us. And congratulations, man! Like we yeah. all worked retail together, and now he's he's crushing it. And it and it just it feels so good to to have everybody having their um, their successes, their wins. Yeah. you know, so yeah, totally, he's one of them. So congrats, buddy. Um, pick of the week. Pick of the week. Me first. You uh, first. I don't. I, it doesn't matter. Um, I, my pick of the week is um, uh, the power of intention by Doctor Dr. Dr. Wayne Tyre. Uh-huh. Um, it's a. It's a pretty. I mean, obviously, he's a very formidable figure <clears throat> in this um, sort of new age writing world, um, and and a speaker as well as a writer. Mm-hmm. And this is one of his most popular books. I. I was about, I had gone through like the first part. I think the book is divided up into four parts. I had gone through the first part and was about partway through the second part. And I was like, I was ready to not finish the book. It was way too woo-woo for me. My, okay, look, I can get woo-woo as well as the next new agey person. 
But the problem I have is when does the practicality come into it? Like when, when do you actually get some things that you can put into practice on a daily basis? Cause I get it. Shift your conversation, shift your life, transform your conversations, transform your life. So if you're telling yourself a helpful story in your mind, it will start to reflect in your life and, and in the things that you manifest. I totally get that. But it was like a lot of that. And I was, I was like, I can't, this is driving me crazy. And then right when I was about to sort of get, yeah, where else in my life do I quit two minutes before the miracle? Cause right before I was about to give up or right after I was about to give up on it, he came in with sort of these lists and these very practical things that you can do. And he broke down what he means by the power of intention in all of the domains in your life. So he talks about it, the power of intention and in abundance, creating money in your life, the power of intention in your family creating, you know, amazing relationships with your friends and family, the power of intention with, you know, your self-worth, the power of intention. And he just goes through like these various domains in your life. And it, and it, it was like, okay, now I'm getting it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm Mm -hmm. getting the practical Mm -hmm. application. Now I'm getting, so it, it really, like if you can take his teachings from this book and put them into practice in your life, I guarantee you will make you a happier person. Awesome. That's that's the AJ Meyer guarantee, um, <laughs> stamp of approval, whatever stamp you want to call it. Trademark it, yeah. Man. That'll yeah. be part I of mean, the podcast. I mean, seriously, now. seriously, it it it, re- it really like if if you can take that those things and put them into practice in your life, you will be a happier person. That's awesome. Period. That is so cool, man. It reminds me just what you've told me about it. I haven't read the book yet, but what you told me reminds me a little bit of Maximum Achievement, that book by Brian Tracy that I've read. Yeah, I still get to read that. Oh, it's so good, man. And he the whole gist of it is that you become you become what you think about most of the time. And so if you can discipline your thoughts and your and the words you say and also discipline what you allow others to say about you, um, that that your life can be completely transformed. Um, and then of course he gives like so many concrete tools that you can use in your life, like right, right then and there is for goal setting and, and implementing all these things. But really so it's cool. all about like that key component, which is like, if you see it and believe it in your brain, it will eventually happen in your life. If you can discipline yourself to focus on it long enough. That's so cool. Um, so it sounds like they complement each other kind of nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to read maximum achievement. I haven't, we cool. got to trade books. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so, your, uh, pick of the so week, my pick friend? of the week is House of Cards on uh, oh, Netflix. I've only made it through the first episode. <laughs> it's uh, you know I've had some time to like basically sit on my ass and watch TV. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I was just I was going through Netflix and I was like you know I've heard good things about this show so I finally picked it up, started watching it and it's so Shakespearean that I can't get enough of it. It's it feels like a modern day drawn out Shakespeare play. Yeah. Well, you know, it's based on Richard, uh, the second or Richard, the third. Is it really? Yeah. Then that makes total sense. Yeah. There's, um, there's it. actually, I'll send you, or maybe we can post it on our website too. If I can find them again. Um, there was this whole article actually, wait, I found it because one of our listeners sent it to us. Really? Or maybe it's Nelson. That's what it was. Nelson sent us an article on House of Cards and how it was like, obviously, because it's Netflix and because they released the entire season at once, people are talking about it as, you know, a new model. And Netflix is doing it. Um, they got another show. With, they got another show, a few shows lining up. And the next next in line is Amazon. They're doing the same thing. And they, they're going to have a few shows lined up just like this where they will release an entire season wow. just like that. So it's a new model coming out. So the, the, this article was talking about like the business aspect of it. But in a few chunks of the article, they talk about like where the idea from House of Cards came from. And they had a link to another article in The New Yorker where it was comparing like it was like how it came about from... I can't remember if it's Richard II or Richard III. It would make sense if it was Richard II because Kevin Spacey played him at the Old oh, Vic, really? which is his wow. theater in London. Um, <laughs> wow. Right after I saw him in the Philadelphia story when I went when I went there. But anyway, um, I just thought that was really fascinating and so crazy that you didn't read that article, but you said it anyway. Oh yeah, it was the first after the first episode. I was like, this has a very Shakespearean feel because some of the characters are just they just feel like they meet those archetypes. And I love the way I, I usually hate this in, in films and television, but, uh, it happens a lot in Shakespeare where the characters break the fourth wall and have their little soliloquy or their little aside to the audience. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Spacey, they do this in the show, but only with Kevin Spacey. And half the time that they break the wall, it'll just be the camera angle switch over to like a side view of him. And he'll just, 
give a little head nod to the camera, like a little glance, and then he turns back, and then you're right back in the scene. But it's the cool <laughs> thing, man. And Kevin Spacey is like so, so like Emmy worthy, like whatever award you can nominate him for for a Netflix series, like he's it's, he's so it's worth it. So he's good. he is in the role of a lifetime with this. It's so good. Yeah, it's so, so good. I've only seen the first episode and I love it. So oh my god, I'm, it makes that seven ninety nine a month for the Netflix streaming service. It makes it so worth it. So worth that's it. crazy when you think about it. Like it's two dollars. Oh man, I'm going to talk bad about Apple right now. I almost <laughs> did that. It's two dollars an episode on iTunes for a TV yeah. show. Yeah, and you get an entire season of like one of the best shows out there for basically eight bucks. Plus, you can stream all the other stuff. Yeah, why are Netflix we... is a ridiculous bargain? Oh my god, we're yeah. advertising them right now. Well, we don't get easy. sponsored by them yet. Netflix, <laughs> yeah, right. please. Um, so, how's the cards, man? So, when you uh, need that. a break from reading Power of Intention, <laughs> go watch House of Cards. <laughs> That's it uh, for me. Yeah, uh, man. Are you? Yeah, we're good then. I think because you got to roll. You're up. you're headed up to San Francisco for a little R and R now. I do I get to go take a break <laughs> and uh, see some friends? And gotta just... get to the airport right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I I love that you built that into your life. That you were just like, you know what? I'm gonna travel and chill for a week now. Mm. Um, yep. So post do that, post man. show opening, post taxes getting done, post PhD. Your PhD course is wrapped up just about uh, next week. Yeah, just about. So yep, yep. yep. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. So for uh, episode 101, there's a lot of different ways that you guys can get in touch with us. Um, you guys know this whole drill. If, you're, if you've made it this far in the show, you know how to be in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter, how to email us at InsideActingPodcast at gmail.com, how to leave a comment on our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, how to leave a review on iTunes or Actor Rated, how to leave us a voicemail at 2132-ACTORS, that's 213-222-8677, and you guys know how to donate to the podcast. So, uh do that and uh enjoy god this sucks i'm i'm rusty and i'm on vicodin so i'm gonna wrap this up <laughs> yay and, uh, and say goodbye before i embarrass myself further for episode 101 i'm trevor algott i'm aj meyer we'll see you next week and in the meantime get health insurance